It is of special significance for me to express our gratitude right in this room. It is here that the Ukrainian nation enjoyed support in the hardest times of its history. It is here where the rights of enslaved nations were advocated. It is from this hall where the world came to know about the truth about Holodomor, the genocide famine, masterminded to annihilate millions of Ukrainians. It is in this hall that freedom for Ukraine was voiced at the time when the nation was deprived of its own voice. Your words reached us and gave us hope. We heard them because at all times Ukrainians felt related to Americans in the space of freedom. In this space of freedom, no iron curtain could divide us. That was Ukraine President Viktor Yushchenko addressing the U.S. Congress through an interpreter on April 6, 2005. It was the first time a Ukrainian leader addressed a joint meeting of Congress. You heard Yushchenko say, at all times, Ukrainians felt related to Americans and this place of freedom. In fact, several members of Congress, past and present, have direct personal family relations to Ukraine. We'll hear their stories in this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Freshman Representative Victoria Sparts is the only member of Congress ever to have been born in Ukraine, and also she is the first member born in a then-Soviet republic. Soon after she was elected as a Republican from Indiana, Congresswoman Sparts sat down for an interview with C-SPAN and discussed her background. Well, I grew up in a socialist-controlled Ukraine. It was under Soviet Union at that time and came here 20 years ago. What was your childhood like there? Well, it's, you know, um, if you... Think about any socialistic system, you know, it's a very limited amount of resources and um, not very much freedoms. And really, it's a pretty simple, but pretty tough life. And um, I think in a lot of ways, what it does to you, it kind of puts your perspective of freedoms and perspective opportunities on a different level. I always say, you know, in my 42 years, I grew up in a socialistic system. I saw what happens when the system falls apart and runs out of money because the systems are not sustainable, and it was not pretty. It was Wild West after the Soviet Union fell apart. And I here, came here 20 years ago to the greatest country in the world, and we have a lot of socialistic trends. So sometimes, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's like full circle in my short life. But um, I believe that it's important for us to remember what makes our country the greatest in the world. It's really, people are the same everywhere. It's really the opportunities and freedoms to pursue happiness that we have. So I get upset about it and now here I am, became a politician. What was the impact of the socialist system on your family? 
Well, you know, if uh, my family and my uh, grandparents and their family were landowners, farmers before a revolution and before um, Soviets took control through this collective farm and took a lot of land away, made people go into collective farms and lost their land. And my grandpa, he's actually still alive in his 90s, but he remembered it very well. And they sent his family to actually steep thousand parts of Ukraine and uh, one of his siblings died, he almost died. And that was really done to real take, um, suppress uh, farmers and uh, landowners and make them um, to go into collective farms. During a March 1st, 2022 House Republican press conference, Congresswoman Sparts talked about her grandmother, still in Ukraine, trying to survive the Russian invasion. I'll tell you a personal story. I have my grandma, she's 95. She is right now in the city of Chernihiv. Actually, Chernihiv and the part of Kiev Rus studied Moscow and controlled Moscow. So they're bombing, they couldn't take the city. They're bombing civilians nonstop, day and night. The whole city. She has a daughter. She called her daughter. She lives in little village by Chernihiv. And her daughter told her, they came into village with a heavy machine gun, killed almost every person in that village. And whatever people left, women and children, they forced them to work in front of the tanks as a human shield because they cannot take that city. So she told my mom, but shocked. She says, no, don't cry. We are not crying here. We're going to fight, but just give us some guns so we don't just fight with the sticks. Marcy Kapter is a longtime Democratic congresswoman from Ohio. She also is the founder of the Congressional Ukrainian Caucus. On March 13, 2014, on C-SPAN's Washington Journal, Representative Kapter explained her family connection to Ukraine. I have a very long history with Ukraine. Our um, I'm of Polish-American heritage, but our grandmother and grandfather came from there, fled from there uh, before World War I. Fled from Ukraine. Fled from Ukraine. What was then, it was Tsarist territory then, but the Bolsheviks were taking over. Our grandparents were peasants. They had nothing. Our grandpa was a carpenter, and our grandmother came here at 17. And uh, because their one cow was taken away, they used to graze their cow on the pastures there. And when that was done by the Bolsheviks, they couldn't feed themselves. And so they came here with nothing. And now I, uh, two generations later, am a member of the Congress of the United States. This is such a great country. And only because of the liberty that we have, as I was listening to this program this morning, am I allowed to express my opinion on behalf of the people that I represent, but also you as a member of the free press. This is so precious. This cannot happen in Russia. This cannot happen still. We hope for it. Um, historians who have written about what President Putin has done have been fired from their jobs in, in uh, Russia. Uh, this is, our nation is the standard bearer for liberty globally. Let us never forget that. Elliot Engel is a former member of Congress from New York. He was the Democratic leader on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. On September 17, 2014, he talked on the House floor about Ukraine and his four grandparents who were born there. Ukraine is an independent nation. It is not part of another country. And the people of Ukraine have a right 
to make a determination for themselves as to what their policies would be without intimidation from Mr. Putin or anybody else. This hit home, especially for me, when I visited a synagogue in eastern Ukraine. Uh, my four grandparents were born in Ukraine. Two older men at this synagogue approached me to talk about the Russian threat. Over the last century, their eyes had seen the tide of history roll in and out of Ukraine. They had fought against Hitler's army. They had lived under the yoke of Soviet tyranny. They had witnessed democracy spread across Eastern Europe. And now they were looking east at a new threat on the horizon. Don't abandon us, one of them said. America is very, very important. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Former Congressman David Bonnier from Michigan was a longtime Democratic whip. His grandfather was Ukrainian. On March 1st, 1994, Representative Bonnier told this story that mixed Ukrainian humor with the federal budget battle. Mr. Speaker, there's a story my grandfather uh, used to love to tell. He migrated, uh, immigrated to this country from Ukraine to a little community within the city of Detroit called Hamtramck, Michigan. Now, this town, which I spent my early years in, is composed of immigrants from Ukraine and from Poland. And one time, one of these people from the old country robbed a bank. He was caught right away. He didn't have the money on him, and he didn't speak a word of English. So the police chief in the town got an interpreter, and he sat them both down in the jail, and he told the interpreter, ask this man where the money is. Well, the interpreter asked, but he got no answer. The chief took out his gun, he placed it on the table, and he said, you tell this guy he better answer or he's in big trouble. Well, the interpreter asked again, but again, he got no answer. And finally, the chief of police took up the, picked up the gun, pointed it at the robber's forehead, and said, you tell this guy he better talk or he'll be sorry. Well, the interpreter delivered the message, and this time, the robber said in Polish, I confess, I took the $100,000, I dropped the money in a dry well behind the bank, the money is there. The interpreter thought for a minute. He turned to the chief and said, the robber says he's not afraid to die. Mr. Speaker, I think of that story a lot every time I think about last year's budget battle. On January 23, 2001, the late Senator Arlen Specter appeared on C-SPAN's book notes. He was then a Republican senator from Pennsylvania. Senator Specter discussed his father, who was from Ukraine. My father, who was an immigrant from uh, Ukraine, literally walked across Europe, barely a ruble in his pocket. He did not want to go to Siberia under the Tsar's heel. This was 1911, and he came to the United States. Uh, and uh, he didn't know that he had a round-trip ticket to France, not to Paris from the Follies Berger, but to the Argonne Forest, where he was seriously wounded in action. And uh, it was his uh, experience where the government broke its promise to pay him the bonus, which I told you about. And he had a lifelong ambition to uh, 
uh, odd as it may sound, uh, uh, be buried in Israel. And uh, in uh, October of 1964, uh, he and my mother uh, made a trip to Israel. And when he got there, he was so excited that um, he exerted himself and had a serious heart attack, was in the hospital for 10 days and unfortunately died. The late Senator Paul Wellstone also had a father from Ukraine. The Democrat from Minnesota mentioned him multiple times on the Senate floor. Here are two examples. The first is from June 19, 2000. Senator Wellstone is discussing legislation on hate crimes. What, what happens when there is an act of violence against someone because of the color of their skin or their religion? I'm sensitive to this. My father was a Jewish immigrant born in Ukraine, lived in Russia, fled persecution, came to the United States of America because of religious persecution. And when you have this kind of violence against someone because of their religion or their national origin or their gender or their disability or their race or their sexual orientation, what you are saying to it, it is terrorism. Because what you're saying to a whole lot of other people is it could happen to you too. And here's Senator Wellstone on July 12, 2001, discussing China and opposing, for human rights reasons, its bid for Beijing to host the 2008 Summer Olympics. Given this horrendous record, I do not believe that China should be rewarded for this sort of repression. I look forward. I am not a Cold War warrior. I'm not trying to resurrect the Cold War. My father was born in Ukraine, Odessa, was born in Odessa, Ukraine, then to stay ahead of the pogroms in Tsarist Russia, Jewish immigrant, they moved to Harb- they moved to Habarsk in the Far East, Siberia, and then Harbin, and he lived in Pekin, he lived in China, and he came to the United States of America at age 17 in 1914. I'm an internationalist. I, I-, I look forward to the day that Beijing hosts the Olympic Games. China ended up hosting the Olympics in 2008, and again just a few weeks ago, too. And now a bonus clip. We opened with Viktor Yushchenko addressing Congress on April 6, 2005. It was the first time a Ukrainian president addressed Congress. The second time was nearly 10 years later. Petro Poroshenko spoke to a joint meeting on September 18, 2014. Earlier that year, Russia had invaded and then annexed the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine. Here's Ukrainian President Poroshenko without an interpreter addressing Congress in 2014 with then-Vice President Joe Biden sitting behind him. Live free or die was one of the mottos of the American Revolutionary War. Live free or die was the spirit of the revolutionary on the Maidan during the dramatic winter month of 2014 with the significant presence of the member of United States Congress. And we thank you for that. Live free or die are words of Ukrainian soldiers standing on line of freedom on this war. Live free must be the answer with which Ukraine comes out of this war. Live free must be the message Ukraine and America send to the world while standing together in this time of enormous challenge. Thank you. Islava Ukraini. 
Those last words spoken in Ukrainian, glory to Ukraine. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. A reminder that you could do your own searches in the C-SPAN video library to find out the ancestry of other members of Congress. You can find out other countries their families came from. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top, all for free. Thanks for listening, and happy searching. <laughs>